And welcome back inside the home office. I'm Craig D'Amico, and this is NEC Football on the Run. It's championship week, the final week of the NEC regular season, and the 2022 Northeast Conference Championship will be decided Saturday afternoon in North Andover, Massachusetts at 12 noon. But the conference crown isn't the only thing that's going to be decided this week. The rushing title, the passing title, the receiving title. We have win streaks on the line. Teams possibly taking momentum into 2023. Still lots to play for besides just the conference title. So plenty to talk about. Let's get right to it. Here are the top headlines. It's this week's Pick 6. Let's start in Loretto for Senior Day and the regular season home finale at DeGaulle Field for the NEC's AQ rep into the FCS playoffs, the St. Francis Red Flash. They were hosting the Duquesne Dukes for a key Keystone State showdown on a rainy Saturday afternoon. Now remember the playoff scenarios we outlined last week here on the show. If St. Francis wins and Merrimack loses, St. Francis, Francis clinches a share of the NEC title. And if Merrimack wins and St. Francis loses, then Merrimack clinches a share of the title. All this in advance of their head-to-head -head showdown coming up on Saturday. So direct championship implications involved in these first two matchups we're highlighting this week here on the show. So in rainy Loretto, the red flash burst out on a first half run, already up three, nothing with three minutes and change to go in the first half. Cole Doyle back at the controls as QB one this week with a 10 yard touchdown pass to Elijah Surratt to make it nine, nothing. Then right before the end of the first quarter, Doyle finds Makai Jackson. He gets a 10 yard touchdown pass and it's 16 zip SFU second quarter, more of the same. Cole Doyle, two-yard strike to Hunter Brown. And then with under a minute to go in the half, SFU keeps their foot on the gas pedal. It's Doyle to Brown again from 11 yards out this time. 30-0 St. Francis at the break. They go on to win it 51-14, to the final. Doyle, who just played the first half, went 15 for 27, 241 yards, and four touchdown passes. Hunter Brown and Elijah Surratt each had two touchdown catches. Makai Jackson had a receiving touchdown as well. And on the defensive end, John Courtney recorded a 20-yard pick six in the third quarter. The first interception return touchdown for the Red Flash defense in their last 18 games. St. Francis improved to 8-2 and two and 6-0 and oh in conference play. They've won their last eight games in a row, which is tied for the third longest active win streak in the nation. Now to New Britain, where the Merrimack Warriors were coming off their bye week and in action against the Central Connecticut State Blue Devils. A Blue Devil team that we mentioned last week has had their number. They beat Merrimack 49-21 last year and 40-37 back in 2019. Central, they got off to a great start here in 2022. They took up over half of the first quarter with a 17-play 82-yard, 7-minute, 41-second drive, which was finished off with a Nas Smith one-yard touchdown run to give Central the early touchdown edge. But right after that, Merrimack returner Maurice Nelson then returned the ensuing kickoff 67 yards, an incredible special teams play on the return to set up the Warriors with solid starting field position at the Blue Devil 18. Six plays later, quarterback Gavin McCusker finds Pat Conroy for a 10-yard touchdown pass to tie the game at seven. And it would stay tied all the way until the fourth quarter. 
McCusker would find Conroy again from four yards out to give Merrimack the lead. And then they would connect a third time with under six minutes to go from 11 yards out. Merrimack ups their advantage to 20 to seven. But Central would get back in it. Kyle Zajac, who started at quarterback for the Blue Devils in this game, he runs it in from one yard out to cut the deficit to six. Now, remember back to last week, Central recovered a late onside kick. Well, now here they are down a score, lined up, looking to recover another onside kick. But Merrimack falls on top of it to preserve the possession and hold on for the win. 20 to 14, the final. McCusker was 8 for 13, 129 yards and three touchdown passes, all to Pat Conroy as the Warriors won their seventh straight game. They improved to 8-2 and two overall, 6-0 and oh in the NEC, and the eight overall wins ties a program record in this just their third Division I season. So with both teams victorious, neither St. Francis or Merrimack was able to clinch a share of the conference title in Week 11, so pack up those trophies and get them ready for this week. Now it all comes down to one game, winner take all, head-to-head here in Week 12. The NEC's two remaining unbeatens in conference play will collide 12 noon Saturday at Dwayne Stadium in North Andover, Massachusetts in our regular season finale of the NEC football ESPN3 game of the week. The Flash will be looking for their second ever NEC championship and first since 2016, while the Warriors will be looking for their first ever conference crown in this, their fourth year in the league. We'll have a full preview of this game coming up later in the show. As we mentioned at the top, besides the two championship contenders elsewhere, there's still plenty going on around the Northeast Conference to pay attention to, including the LIU Sharks, who are looking to continue to ride the wave of momentum to possibly their third straight win. They were in action in their home senior day regular season finale against the Stonehill Skyhawks. Now, we mentioned last week, how in LIU's eight quarters plus a double overtime period, they've averaged 439 yards of offense, 39 and a half points, and 12 big plays of 20 yards or more. And the Sharknados, they were brewing once again on Saturday. After punting on their opening drive, but recovering a muff punt, LIU took over at the Skyhawks 21. And the Sharks mustached maestro Luca Stanzani, found Tosin Oyekami, on the first play for a 21-yard touchdown pass to give the Sharks the lead. Later on in the first, Danzani connects with his tight end, Owen Glasgow, for 34 yards, and it was 14-0 Sharks after one. Glasgow would also have two rushing touchdowns on direct snaps. He's now up to seven total touchdowns on the year. And, of course, it wouldn't be an LIU game without Stanzani throwing deep for a home run. Late in the second quarter, he goes deep, and he finds Devon Wells 43 yards to the house. LIU wins their third in a row, 34-28 over Stonehill. Freshman quarterback Lucas Stanzani improves now to 3-0 as the Sharks' starting quarterback. He went 19 for 29, 333 yards with three touchdowns. Devon Wells caught eight passes for 163 yards and that big play score. Wells, his second 100-yard receiving outing in his last three games. The offense overall recorded 454 yards of total offense, while the defense added four sacks and had an interception for the second straight week by Ayinde Johnson. The Sharks pick up their first three-game win streak since a 10-0 start entering the D2 playoffs back in 2018. 
And our final game of the weekend features the Sacred Heart Pioneers looking to shake off a three-game skid against the Wagner Seahawks. Rob McCoy made his first start of the season at quarterback for Sacred Heart, and he would enjoy some of the success that the other non-opening day starting quarterbacks have enjoyed in the league, like we mentioned in last week's stat chat. Wagner would get on the board first, though, on their first drive. On their second play, a dazzling 71-yard touchdown pass. Nick Cartman to Naeem Simmons, Seahawks up seven. But there was no panic with the Pioneers, though. Down seven to three, right before the half. Malik Grant on the receiving end of a pass from McCoy, and he takes it in from four yards out with nine seconds to spare, and Sacred Heart would take a 10-7 to lead into the locker room. The Pioneers would then come out in the second half, and they would go to the ground game. Jalen Madison, a 47-yard touchdown run to make it 17-7. Then Rob McCoy, he goes off for a 72-yard touchdown run to make it 24-13. to The Pioneers, they were poised to go in for more, but on first and goal at the four-yard line, the Pioneers lose the ball on the handoff, and it's just sitting there on the ground. Colby Calvin just scoops it up and takes it off 93 yards the other direction. Another defensive score for the Wagner Seahawks. And all of a sudden, it's 31-24 with still plenty of time to go. But Malik Grant, he wasn't having any of it. He was probably saying, yeah, I've seen this script before, and it ain't happening today. He plows his way right through the middle, 64 yards to the end zone. Grant would get another rushing touchdown about a minute later following a Wagner interception, his third overall score on the day, and Sacred Heart back in the win column. Ending their three-game drought, they get a 38-28 to victory. Sacred Heart ran for an eye-popping 350 yards on the afternoon, their most since 376 in last year's finale against LIU. Both Grant and McCoy were over the century mark in rushing yardage. Grant with 165, McCoy with 105, and it was the second time this year Sacred Heart put up over 500 yards of offense. So going into the final weekend of the 2022 NEC regular season, the top of the NEC standings remain, with Merrimack and St. Francis still tied, both 6-0 and in league play. We will break that tie and decide a champion when those two teams meet head-to-head on Saturday. Win or lose, the Red Flash have clinched the NEC's AQ bid to the FCS playoffs. They will find out their playoff destination this Sunday, November the 20th, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time, the selection show on ESPNU. The first round games, they will begin the following Saturday, November 26th. Now, Sacred Heart and LIU, they're both three and three in league play, currently tied for third, but they will break that tie when they meet head-to-head on Saturday. Can Sacred Heart salvage their season and win plus getting a third-place finish? Or will LIU end the year on a four-game win streak and get a third-place finish, plus all the momentum in the world for them going into next year? Those questions will be answered on Saturday, and we'll talk more about that game coming up later in the show as well. Stonehill and Duquesne, they're tied for fifth at two and four. Remember, Stonehill has the head-to-head advantage over Duquesne, while both Central and Wagner are one and five. Central beat Wagner head-to-head back at the end of October. Time now for our top three stars of the week. And at number three, it's LIU quarterback, Lucas Danzani. The mustached maestro is back at the three spot for a second straight week after throwing for 300. 
33 yards, his second 300-yard passing game in the last three weeks while throwing for three touchdowns against Stonehill. Stanzani has averaged 304.3 passing yards per game, 68% completion percentage, and has thrown eight touchdowns to just one interception. He's 3-0 as a starter and has helped the Sharks average over 37 points per game over the last three weeks. Stanzani was also named the NEC Rookie of the Week for the second time in the last three weeks. At number two, it's Sacred Heart running back Malik Grant. The reigning NEC Offensive Player of the Year had a three-touchdown afternoon to help lead the Pioneers past the Wagner Seahawks. Grant carried the ball 20 times for 165 yards and two rushing scores. A season high for him in yardage, it was his sixth 100-yard rushing game of the year. Now, he also caught a score, and he has a league-leading 12 overall touchdowns this season, plus his 64-yard burst as Wagner was creeping close late in the game was exactly the dagger that the Pios were looking for to help lead them to a win for the first time in nearly a month. Grant will enter the final week of the regular season, 41 yards shy of Nas Smith for the NEC rushing title. And our top star is St. Francis quarterback, Cole Doyle. Yes, we're giving our top star to a guy who only played one half. Because he was such a star, he only needed to play a half. Doyle is our top star for the second time in three weeks after going 15 for 27, 241 yards, and four touchdowns in a rivalry game against the Dukes. Now, he didn't start last week, so in his last two outings going back the week before, Doyle has thrown nine touchdowns while rushing for another. His 16 passing touchdowns this year leads the league. Doyle is once again the NEC's Offensive Player of the Week this week as he prepares to lead his red flash into their championship showdown on Saturday against the Merrimack Warriors. Cole Doyle, our top star in the Northeast Conference from Week 11. Now we're switching things up a little bit this week and we're going right into Stat Chat as we look at some of the statistical title races going into the final week of the regular season. In receiving, St. Francis's Elijah Surratt leads the league with 11 touchdown catches, the fourth most in SFU single season history. He scored seven in just the last three games and is too shy of the program record. Now, Surratt is kind of holding up his own teammate, Makai Jackson, from possibly achieving a triple crown because Jackson leads the league in the other two receiving categories he leads the league in receptions 17 clear of the next closest which is LIU tight end Owen Glasgow but Jackson is only holding on to a slim lead in the receiving yardage category he is only three yards better than Duquesne's Dwayne Menders and 18 yards better than Wagner's Naeem Simmons in passing Sacred Heart quarterback Marquez McCray didn't play this past week but he still leads the pack in passing yards he's 232 yards ahead of Duquesne's Joe Mishler. Now, SFU's Cole Doyle, as we just mentioned, he leads the league in touchdown passes with 16, two better than Mishler, three better than Stonehill's Asher Karaha, and Doyle is also number one in the NEC in completion percentage. Now, finally, we get to the rushing title. This has been a hot contest and a battle all season long, and it comes down to the final week. As Central Connecticut's Nas Smith, who carried the ball 30 times, for 148 yards last week, becoming the 16th Central Connecticut State player to reach 1,000 yards in a single season. He's at 1,001 on the year. 
He's just 41 yards ahead of Sacred Hearts' Malik Grant. Now, Grant might have a real shot to come from behind in this because he's going up against an LIU defense this weekend that has given up 210 yards per game on the ground, while Smith is going up against a much more stout Stonehill defense that only gives up 157 rushing yards per game. So we will see who steps up this week to claim the rushing title and all of the 2022 NEC statistical titles. We have some great races going on around the league, some great races going down to the wire, and that's the subject of this week's Stat Chat. Up next here on NEC Football on the Run, we are joined by our special guest this week, Central Connecticut State running back Nazir Smith, who this past weekend ran for 148 yards against Merrimack, becoming the 16th Blue Devil to reach the 1,000-yard plateau in a single season. And he holds a 41-yard lead over Malik Grant for the NEC rushing title going into the final weekend. Nas, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Appreciate you for having me. Now, I got to know, it's week 12. It's been a a long, grueling season. So as a running back, how's the body feeling? Like, does it feel like it's week 12? Your legs, your body, your mind? How's it going over there? Definitely feels like it's week 12. Definitely for me, um, you know, as running backs, we take a lot of of pounding and beating on our bodies. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely bodies is beat up a little bit. But, you know, it's football, so. That's right. And, and before we get into, you know, what's what you have going on here going into this weekend, you know, I'm interested in your football journey. You're from Auburn, New York. You kind of took the the long road to get here. No D1 offers at a high school. So how did your your, your journey kind of get you here and lead you to where you are right now? So like you said, um, had no offers out of um, high school. Um, went to D3 route, uh, Alfred University. Two years there. Um, had a good year. My sophomore year got All-American. Um, and I reached out to the coaches, Coach Ambrosi and uh, Coach Mack, um, and I told them I, you know, I was interested in transferring there um, here at Central Connecticut. Um, and they said they were all on board with it. And you know, uh, I started off as a walk-on there, I hear because you know when you transfer up, you got to do all that. You start off as a walk-on and stuff like that. Um, and then yeah, the process is just I'm here now. Did all the scout team stuff. Um, then COVID hit, so I couldn't play that year I was supposed to play. Um, so then that, and then last year I played, and then this year, you know, it just it was it, it was definitely a journey, uh, definitely a process, a, a lot of highs and lows through it, but it all worked out for the greater good. I, I'd say so. An amazing story, and now going into this finale, you're trying to outrun Malik Grant from Sacred Heart uh, for the rushing title. You have a 41 yard head start. Uh, you play Stonehill, Sacred Hearts playing LIU. Statistically, LIU gives up more rushing yards per game than Stonehill's defense does. But, you know, going into the, this weekend, what would, you know, being the, the number one rusher in the league, winning the rushing title, what would that mean to you? Uh, it definitely mean a lot to me. Uh, you know, all the, the grind I put in to get to this point. Um, you know, I also know that the line, my linemen would be very happy for them to have, you know, the Russian leader uh, running back. Uh, so, you know, I just want to do it for for them, really, because I know all the hard work they put in and helped me to get to this point and all the accolades I have gotten so far. So I really just, it would be definitely be big, but I really want them to, for them because they, they're the most unselfish people on the team. They don't really, they don't get any spotlight, any, um, you know, accolades or anything like that. So I, I really want to do it for them. 
You, you could read my mind. That's where I wanted to go next. Your offensive line, they're the ones out there paving the way for you uh, each and every week. They, they've allowed you to get to this point, helped you get to this point. Uh, so so what, what, what do they do so well? What's been clicking on that offensive line that's, uh, you know, led you to this point? They're just aggressive. And, and like, like I said, they're unselfish. So they want me to have that success. They want the team to have that success. And like, like they say, I'm, they're hog heaven. So big boys up front, you know, they take pride in, in everything they do and they work very hard. So that's it. I see it every day. And, and most, a lot of the linemen are my good friends, you know, hang out outside of football and stuff like that. So I know like how much it means for them and how much it means to them for, us to you know lead the conference in, in rushing yards and have the Russian leader. Is that is that something that you actually have had about conversations with those guys about? Yeah, yeah. I, I, like last game, they like nah. If anything, out of the season, we want to get you to one k. So like like they said, that was that was the goal. They want to get to one k. Now you know they want me to be the Russian leader. So it's just you know we talk about that stuff and and they bring it up to me. Like it's not me bringing. They bring it up to me. They want that. So that's why I'm saying like I want to do it for them because I know how much it, it will be, make them happy. That's awesome. Now, it, you, you're obviously a great expert to ask in this. You know, if I was a young middle school, high school player and I'm playing the running back position and I came to you for some advice, you know, I, I want to be a running back. What would you say is maybe a key or two to, to being a successful running back at the division one level? Work on your feet, work on your feet, you know, work on your hands, just work on every part of the game because you know, nowadays running backs in the, in the NFL and stuff like that in college football, they can catch the ball. Running backs, you know, they're, they're dynamic backs. So also work on your footwork and stuff like that because you might not be the strongest, but if you have good feet, you know, you get you out of the holes, you know, you can squeeze through holes, you can break people down and stuff like that. So that's, you know, do work hard, um, work on your game, work on the things that you, you need to work on. And just that's what I would tell them. That's great advice to all you youngsters out there listening. Now that's gold right there from Nas Smith. Now uh, let's get to our, our final five questions here. We have some rapid fire for you. So just the first thing that comes to mind. All right. All right. All right. Uh, what is your go-to pregame meal, either the night before a game or the morning of a game? Um, the morning of before the game, um, I'd probably say, you know, eggs, bacon. Um, yeah. Eggs and bacon fruit um I'm not I don't really like eating a lot before the game because I just I've never been like that I never ate too much before the game so yeah eggs bacon and I definitely have some fruit um in between that so yeah awesome combo Wait, what's your go-to song on the warm-up playlist God did by DJ Khaled okay um, Who, who's your favorite player to watch uh either a current player or it could be even someone from the past Emmett Smith that's a great choice. The all-time rushing leader. Now we have this next question. is kind of a trivia question for you. Uh, how many 1,000-yard rushers were there in the NEC last season? One. There was one. There you go. Malik Grant was the only one last year. So well done. And, and finally, it is, uh, you know, Thanksgiving season. Time to be thankful. So what are you the most thankful for? First, I'm thankful for God. Um, thankful for my family. Um, my friends, everyone who believed in me, helped me get to this point in my career where I'm at. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just thankful for all the believers. And I'm also thankful for the people who didn't believe in me because it just pushed me, you know, to prove myself right that I could do it. So, yeah, 
mostly just thankful for family, though. That's the most thankful for family. Absolutely. Well, Nas Smith will look to claim the Russian crown in the Northeast Conference Saturday at Stonehill, 1 p.m. kick. Nas, thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck this weekend. Thank you. Take care. At Central Connecticut State running back Nas Smith, our guest this week here on NEC Football on the Run. Well, it's been a season of great plays, great games, great moments, but now it all comes down to this. One game, winner take all for the 2022 Northeast Conference Championship. 12 noon Saturday, ESPN3, the St. Francis Red Flash and the Merrimack Warriors from Dwayne Stadium in North Andover, Massachusetts. Let's take a look at each team's road to this finale, starting with the Red Flash. They started the year playing tough against an FBS opponent in their opener, falling to Akron in overtime, 30-23. to 23. Now, in overtime, St. Francis had a chance to go in and tie it, but Justin Slowoski was intercepted at the goal line. After a 10-point defeat the following week on the road against Richmond, the Flash won their conference opener the following week, 27-7 against Wagner, and they haven't lost since. A D1 record, eight straight wins, and a perfect 6-0 record in NEC play, earning six conference wins in a season for the very first time. Now, during this eight-game win streak, the Red Flash are averaging 39.8 points per game and 437.5 yards of total offense. Cole Doyle and Justin Slowoski have split time at quarterback with Doyle going 4-0 as a starter. Both quarterbacks have plenty of weapons at their disposal with a pair of freshman wide receivers, Elijah Surratt and Makai Jackson. On defense, SFU is led by Sebastian Benjamin and his six and a half sacks, and Travell Cook has three picks as well. And if it comes down to special teams, no problem. Alex Schmoke is perhaps the best in the league, 16 for 20 on field goals on the year with a 50-yard long. The Red Flash clinched the NEC's AQ bid two weeks ago with a 44-14 win over Sacred Heart. They already know win or lose on Saturday. They'll be going back to the FCS playoffs for a second time. But they would love to wrap up their program's second-ever NEC championship and first since 2016. On the other side, what a season, what a ride it has been for the Merrimack Warriors. And this just their fourth year in D1. The Warriors are in a position to capture their school's very first NEC football title. And they would be the 10th different program in NEC history to capture the conference crown. Merrimack started this year at 1-2, and two, including a very disappointing 28-21 overtime loss against Harvard. A game that they led at one point 21-7, to seven, but let slip away. In that aftermath of that game, redshirt freshman Gavin McCusker took over at quarterback and the Warriors have won their next seven straight to get up to their first 6-0 start in league play. The Warriors, along this journey, have survived five games during this seven-game win streak, five games decided by a single possession. So they've been a very thin wire, razor-thin margin for them, but they've done it through their ground game, averaging 198 rushing yards just over these last seven games. And they've also done it by protecting the football and not making the big mistake. Only three turnovers in league play this year, which could be huge because the team that leads the league in takeaways is their opponent, the SFU Red Flash. These two teams have only met twice before with the Red Flash winning both occasions, 42 to 14 in 2019 and 22 to six in last year's regular season finale. But 
Both of those games were in Loretto. This is their first ever meeting in the Bay State. It's an old hat and t-shirt game as the St. Francis Red Flash meet the Merrimack Warriors for the 2022 Northeast Conference Football Championship. It all goes down Saturday at noon on ESPN3. Elsewhere on tap this weekend, Nas Smith and Malik Grant will battle it out for the NEC rushing title. Sacred Heart will host LIU, the Pioneers, looking to salvage their season while the Sharks look to take a four-game win streak and all the momentum in the world into 2023. The winner of this game will finish the season with a plus 500 conference record and also a third-place finish in the standings. That game kicks off at noon, and then one hour later at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Blue Devils of Central Connecticut State will kick off in Easton, Massachusetts against Stonehill. So theoretically, not sure if anyone's going to be feeding him numbers on the sideline, but theoretically, Nas Smith will know how Malik Grant is doing and how much yardage he will need to secure the rushing crown during his game, and definitely he'll know how much he needs to get by the time his game is over, as the Sacred Heart game should finish first. So the final game of this week, It'll feature the Wagner Seahawks visiting Pittsburgh to take on the Duquesne Dukes. Well, NEC football fans, that'll just about do it for this week's episode. A champion will be crowned Saturday in Massachusetts. This is the game that we've had circled on our calendar for just about a month now as the championship picture started to get pretty clear early on that St. Francis and Merrimack were the class of the league in 2022, and the road is definitely uh, paved out that way and certainly looked that way. It appeared that Merrimack would have to go through St. Francis, and St. Francis would have to go through Merrimack. That finale was on our sights, and now here we are. The moment has arrived. Game day is just about here, and we can't wait to watch it go down. We will be back here next week for our season finale of NEC football on the run. We will recap the championship deciding game. We will chat with a member of the 2022 Northeast Conference champions. We'll recap all of the statistical races. We'll see how they finished up. We'll look back at some of the top moments from this past year. And we'll also look ahead to St. Francis's journey into the FCS playoffs, wherever they are selected. So all that is coming up on our season finale next week here on NEC football on the run as we put a bow on the 2022 season. So until then, enjoy championship Saturday in the Northeast Conference. I'm Craig D'Amico, and this has been NEC Football on the Run.